0: Well, good morning church, good morning. and also to you at the hub. Um, Let's begin with today's scripture reading, shall we? It's taken from the 31st chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, beginning from verse 1 to 8. And there it reads, When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River, But the Lord your God Himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river, just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land, just as He destroyed Shihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to them, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead them, lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors as he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. It is over! Woo-hoo! It is done! I have completed! You know, Moses may have exclaimed, although this was an exciting phase for Joshua as he was about to take over the entire nation as leader from Moses, but for Moses, it may also be an exciting event and time Because, you see, he's about to pass the mantle over to Joshua. Moses may have felt a great burden off his shoulders after occupying this leadership role for over 40 years or more. It is over, will be my first point for today's sermon. The instructions given by Moses to Joshua harbors some gems that we can learn from. As we journey on with God, we can use some of this As Israel crossed the Jordan River to reach the Promised Land, we too have our rivers to cross. And verse 1 states, When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, it stated the conclusion of one of Moses' important roles, the completion of the giving of instructions. Moses had finished his role, his mission, his ministry for God, the mission God gave Moses was to lead the Israelites. Moses was a vicarious voice of God. He relayed God's instructions to the Israelites. Moses had faithfully followed God most of the time, you know, except for you know, a, few, a few situations. But nevertheless, he completed it. This story of Moses provided us a glimpse of what the end may look like. But for most of us, perhaps all of us, the message is not, it is over. On the contrary, I believe the message is, it is not over yet. Have we completed the mission that God has given to us? Have we even started seeking the will of God for our lives? It doesn't matter how old you are, seeking God's will for our lives is important. Before our lives run out of time, I believe we should seek God for direction. Seek God for His great plans for us. Have you already done so? Well, if if you have not, I hope that today's sermon will help you to initiate a conversation with God regarding His mission for you. Before Before it is over, you start getting over to God. Getting over to God. And what else can we learn from Moses? You know, Moses went on to say, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River. Now, although this verse above, it may seem that Moses was saying this in an old, tired, weak voice I am now 120 years old. <coughs> and I'm no longer able to lead you. Was this the tone of Moses when he said those words? No, perhaps not. It was highlighted in Deuteronomy 34, verse 7, that Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, no cataract, no long-sightedness, no short-sightedness, and he was as strong as ever. Moses had perfect health and eyesight. He was never weakened. In fact, he was as strong as before. Therefore, Moses was probably saying this in a strong tone. I am 120 years old. He was proud of it. And I am not going to be able to lead you. God God had most probably told him that it was time for him to die. But if Moses was so strong, then why wasn't he able to lead anymore? If Moses was so strong, then why wasn't he able to lead anymore? Well, God did reveal in verse 14 in the same chapter. God did tell Moses, the time has come for you to die. Many of us know we, we, when we think of death, we think of it as a negative connotation. Perhaps Moses may have perceived it otherwise. Let me first share with you a story taken from R.J. Fernando's book, The Call to Joy and Pain. It's a true story and it's and that's how it goes. Clearly, to Billy Bray, joy was a primary feature of Christianity. Working in the mines was a dangerous business. And there were always the possibility of dying in the mines. He would tell his fellow miners that they must pray before they go down. They would ask him to pray instead. And he would pray. Lord, if any of us must be killed... Or die today, let it be me. Let not one of these men die, for they are not happy. But I am, and if I die today, I shall go to heaven. Brace it. when I rose from my knees, I should see the tears running down their faces. And soon after, some of them became praying men too. It is easy to get so sophisticated about Christianity that we miss the joy of salvation that the Bible has given to us. The joy of the Lord is our strength because He goes ahead of us. Aji Fernando went on to elaborate that something is seriously wrong not when Christians suffer but when they do not have the joy of the Lord when they are suffering. See, suffering is hardly ever mentioned without also a mentioning of the blessings of suffering. And often the blessing mentioned is joy. And it can be located on 18 different places in the New Testament where suffering and joy are found together. Moses, Moses had a good ministry. He completed his mission. Moses had a good death. And I believe He was looking forward to have God bury him. And perhaps he had the joy of serving. Well, Moses did understand joy in serving. It's also mentioned in Deuteronomy 33.18 where Moses told Zebulun to have full of joy in their going out. Moses understood the concept of joy in serving. However, was death the only reason why it was over for Moses? Well, there was another reason. The Lord told Moses that he would not cross over in Deuteronomy chapter 3. And here was the dialogue between Moses and God. Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill countries and the Lebanon mountains. But the lord was angry with me because of you and you will not and he will not listen to me that's enough he declared speak of it no more but go up to peak and look over the land in every direction take a good look but you may not cross over the jordan river instead commission joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead the people across the jordan He will give them all the land you now see before you as their possession. You see, from chapter 3 to chapter 31 is a long period, perhaps about 40 years apart. Moses may not cross the river, but he did prepare Joshua to continue the work. Moses knew that it was not over until Joshua is ready to take the nation of Israel across the river to the promised land. Moses knew his time and space. He knew his time and place. He knew his position with God and with the Israelites. Pastor Pastor Anthony said this during the end of our silent retreat on Wednesday. If you know your position before God, you will know your position before men. Moses knew his position before God and before the Israelites. He knew where he stood in God's eyes and he knew where he stand in the eyes of the Israelites. Do we? Moses was not insecure. In fact, he took the time to prepare Joshua. He knew his position with God and with the Israelites. The fact that he obeyed and prepared Joshua for the continuation of the ministry revealed that he was prepared to say, it is over and hand over. He was ready to hand over to Joshua for him to lead Israel to cross over. Well, it was finally going to be over for for Moses, but for the rest of us here, it is not over until God says so. We still have many rivers to cross which leads to my next point crossing over see although joshua was leading it is important to note that god was ahead of joshua the passage revealed that god will cross over ahead of the israelites god will go ahead of them see although joshua is the physical leader but God is the spiritual leader that provides the direction and the guidance. God going ahead is also an act of reassurance that God will not fail us. If God is already ahead of us, how can He fail us? If God is already ahead, how can He abandon us? That is exactly what God was doing. By going ahead, He's encouraging the Israelites to follow closely. Urging them constantly to stay close to him. We know from Joshua chapter 3 that the ark, of, the ark of the Covenant went ahead and the water backed up and stood like a river wall, like a wall at a distance. And the Israelites again crossed over on dry river bed. The fall of Jericho was another wonderful example of God going ahead of the Israelites. You know, this ragtag army of the Israelites was going against one of the most advanced nations in warfare. They had fortified thick walls ready for any form of siege attack. But God went ahead to take it down. God handed Jericho over to the Israelites. And all they had to do was to walk their rounds and have faith. They they had to trust God. Although Joshua was the appointed physical leader, God was the guide. And what can we learn from Joshua's experience on leadership? You know, as a leader, we have to remember that God is ahead of us. Hence, we should be following God instead of God following us. Perhaps the people following behind us will remind us that we are supposed to follow a greater power, God. You know, it's rather easy for us to follow our own inclination, judgment, or even our own preferences. Following our own intellect or knowledge is similar to blind leadership. Sometimes the more intelligent we are, the blinder we become. Sometimes the sometimes when we lead blindly, those behind us are also blinded. We should not lead blindly. We should lead boldly and courageously as what God wanted us to do. We should lead boldly and courageously as what God wanted us to do. There is also another tendency for us to run ahead of God, to run in front of God, to cross the river ahead of God. Sometimes these are based on logical factors or even perhaps emotional factors. However, Seeking God first should always be primary. You know, logics and passion are very important. However, God must come first. Before we cross any river, perhaps we should ask ourselves, is God ahead of us? What is leadership? Leadership for us means leading those behind us toward God. That is leadership for us. Leading those behind us toward God. And what do we need to do as a leader? You know, from the diagram, leaders are following God. Hence, we should be close to God. So what leaders must continue to do is is this. We must remain close to God. If we are not close to God, we are not leading. Leaders must remain close to God so that God can lead us and we can lead those behind us. And let me tell this, we can't lead if we do not have God. We can't lead if we do not have God. Simple, right? Of course not. (laughs) Because we have to learn to follow God exactly what He has told us. My third point is that God will hand over to you. Now, if Israel simply followed God's direction, it would have been very straightforward and, and, and God would hand over the land to them. God would deliver the people and the land to the Israelites. But Israel still has to cross the river. Israel still had to gather enough courage to step into the water. No, we enjoy having we enjoy having things placed on our lap huh, without making any clear effort. We do not like to be placed in a situation where our faith is challenged and we must trust in God for assistance. We like to be self-sufficient. We like to have everything in our hands. We like to be secure by our own means. We like the comfort of security and the comfort of being able to provide for ourselves. But remember this, our securities and comfort will not prevail, but God will. It is better to trust in God to hand over to us than for us to rely on the world to hand over anything to us. Because when God hand over to us, it is permanent. But when the world hand over to us, is temporal and it may not even be healthy for us. To show as proof, God reminded how he handed over the kings of Amorites, Shihon and Och, ok, on the east of Jordan over to the Israelites. You no. Know, perhaps sometimes for us, something for us to take note, we need to remember the past battles that God has delivered you from, the past calamities, the past difficulties, or even the past miracles that God has had once performed in our lives. Remember how He had helped you. Remember how the Lord had carried you through. Remember how the Lord had handed over to you His hand to bring you across. But first, we have to do what He has commanded us to do. We have to do what He wants. If we do not, if we will not hand over all these things from God, We do not receive the handover from God. We may be handed over to the the enemies. i want to share one more point that uh, Pastor Melvin prayed during the communion. He said this. There's one more thing that we can hand over. We can hand over on our part. We can hand over our fears to God. So it's not only God handing over to us, but for us, we can hand over our fears to God. And that is crucially important. Hand you over is my fourth point. And verse 5 states that the Lord will hand over to you the people who live there and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. You know, we like the idea that God will hand over to us but we struggle with the idea that we have to do it the way God commanded us to do. We have difficulty doing everything the way God wanted. It is not doing half way God and half way ours. It is doing all of God's way. There's no such thing as half obedience. It's either that we obey or we have rebelled. If you want to live under God's blessing and covering, are we able to live perfectly the way God wanted us to do? However, if we do not follow God completely, God will hand us over. God did hand over Israel over to the uh, the nations like the Assyrians, Babylonians, and the Persians because they did not obey God fully. If we do not follow what God has instructed, we will be handed over to our enemies instead. You know, when we choose our path rather than God's path, many a times uh, we find ourselves making detours and going round and round. And worse, we become lost with our own frustration and not knowing why or where we are going or what we are doing. We may feel that we have been handed over to our own demise. And many of us blame God. The first person we blame is we blame God. Even though it is, it was our choice to take a different path, a different route from God. You know, when God's path is, isn't practical, profitable, or simply isn't to our preference, we take another route called my way. And when it does not work out, it is not my fault, but it's God's fault. Isn't that weird? Shouldn't we take responsibility for our own actions? My fifth point is handing over. You might ask why Moses repeated the command to be strong and courageous twice, once in verse 6 while the other in verse 7 and 8. Well, you see, verse 6 was addressed to the Israelite community and verse 7 and 8 was given to Joshua personally. Allow me to do an illustration here, okay, to show you the, the, the difference and first to the general assembly. And it says, So, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you, nor abandon you. Are there any, are there any young Joshua's here today? No? We should have some young Joshua's here, right? Aha! Any? Come, 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 come. Just you don't have to do anything. Come, come. Thank you, thank you. See, there's always a Joshua around. Joshua. <laughs> Testing. okay. Don't worry. I'm not going to harm you. <laughs> okay. This is how Moses, where we've spoken to Joshua, you know, on a personal level. Okay. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you will lead the people into the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors. He has given them to you. You are the one who will divide it among them as the grant of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Thank you. Thanks, Joshua. You see the difference here? You see, when we address someone personally, it's a personal message. So, from what we can learn here, is that when we want to hand over, we should hand over personally. See, as God has gone ahead of us personally, we too have to be, have to be there personally to hand over to our Joshuas. The command to be strong and courageous appeared you know, seven times. Three in the book of Deuteronomy and four in the book of Joshua. But was Joshua ever afraid or weak? Well, there was no record of it. However, I believe that God knows Joshua very well. He knows Joshua best. Imagine leading a nation of a few million, a group of cantankerous people who complain all the time. Furthermore, Joshua had to lead them into an unknown place and into war. If that is not frightening enough for Joshua, there must be something wrong with Joshua. The command to be strong and courageous are purposeful, to charge Joshua As he takes over the baton of leadership from moses and my final point is getting over not getting over something again but getting over to god perhaps crossing over the jordan river isn't the main mission for moses some may consider moses missing you know missing out on the crossing of the jordan river a failure no he didn't cross he's a failure But was Moses any lesser than those who did cross over? Was he any weaker than those who did cross over? The important thing to note here is that Moses completed his mission and he was regarded as a prophet like no other. Wow! This was credited to him. He was considered by God a prophet like no other. A prophet whom God knew face to face and he was possibly buried by God himself because no one knew the actual location of his burial. All these were credited to Moses in chapter 34. He may not have crossed over to the promised land, but he was successful in getting over to God. I believe the physical crossing of the river is, is an important event. It's the evidence that of God's faithfulness to help Israel cross over to take the promised land. However, getting closer to God is more important. The God who promised is more important than the promised land. The God who promised is more important than the promised land. Getting over to God is more important than the physical crossing of the river. Moses may not have completed the crossing, but he did complete this mission that God has entrusted to him. Crossing over milestones in our lives is secondary. The most important mission in our lives is getting over to God. Have you? Have we? In summary, it is not over for us yet until we have gotten over to God. When we cross over any rivers in our lives, God is crossing ahead of us. God will hand over to us if we follow His commands. If we do not follow His commands, we will be handed over instead. Before it is over, do we have a Joshua to hand over to? The most important mission in our lives is getting over to God. That is the most important mission of our lives. Let us pray. Lord, I I thank you that you, you have done so much for us. You sent Jesus, in fact, to go ahead of us to die on a cross for our sins. We want to thank you, dear Lord, that you are always thinking about us. We want to thank you, dear Lord, that you're always inviting us to come toward you, to get over to you. Our lives is not about doing, it is about being with you. Our lives is to glorify you. And the best way to glorify you is to give you our lives. As you have given yours to us and we thank you and pray all this in the mighty name of jesus amen